Today's episode is sponsored by the Meriwether Council, a resource for handmade shop owners who want to learn how to effectively market their business online from someone who has actually done it. For more information, visit MeriwetherCouncil.com. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 74 of the Walshing Apps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Today, we are talking about online learning and creative live with my guests, Celeste Olds and Megan Allman. Celeste attended the Vancouver Film School in British Columbia and went on to produce music videos, commercials, and photo shoots for REI, Microsoft, Kodak, Getty, and Starbucks. She joined Creative Live in 2010 and is now the executive producer of production operations. Celeste Olds, welcome. Hello, Abby. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Megan Allman is a designer, metalsmith, educator, and entrepreneur who has built a multifaceted business around her passion for great design and sustainable business. Her eponymous jewelry line is sold in stores across the U.S. and online. In 2009, Megan founded Designing an MBA to help designers and makers develop their business skills. Megan Almond, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. And today, I want to focus on online learning in general and on Creative Live's model in particular. Before we start, I should say that I've taught a class on Creative Live. It's called Email Marketing for Crafters, and I filmed it in the summer of 2015. So as we talk, I'll talk a little bit about my experience as well. Um, And Megan's got lots more experience to share about teaching on Creative Live and Celeste about Creative Live itself. So that's kind of the roles that we'll play here in this discussion. Um, So Celeste, I want to start with you. I know Creative Live was founded in 2010 by photographer Chase Jarvis and entrepreneur Craig Swanson. And you have two headquarters. There's one in Seattle and one in San Francisco. Um, And it's funded by Venture Capital. And I just wanted you to kind of start off a little bit by just explaining for people who maybe haven't heard about Creative Live or have heard about it, but don't totally get how it works or what it really is. If you can kind of just explain what Creative Live is all about. Yeah, of course. So Creative Live was started as, I think of it as um, creative school. It's like a free university for the people, for anyone that wants to further their learnings, whether it's a photographer or a designer, as a crafter, um, we have audio classes, business, money, life. I mean, we just, it's, it's university for creatives. Um, I, I, this, this company is near and dear to me because I went to film school and spent a lot of money on it. Um, but you learn that it, you don't have to go to a university. You don't have to go to a four-year school to learn the skills it takes to do these things, to be a really good photographer, to be, to, to make soap or to um, be an audio engineer. You just need to learn how to do it. You just need to have the skills. And that's, that's, that's what Creative Live is all about, is about bringing professionals who do this as their, as their job, this is their career, bringing them into our studios, having them teach their, the real-life things that they apply to their, to their skill, to their photos, to their design, and sharing that with the people. Um, something that I saw a lot in film school was that I was being taught by people who did it 10 years ago. Or, you know, maybe they just did it for a minute and then they hopped into the, you know, and, and I think that there's definitely a place for college. Um, in, even in film school, I'm glad I went. But this is, it's really interesting to, to get messages from people in the middle of nowhere in Australia or the middle of Ohio that are reaching out to us and saying, I never had money to go to school and I've, I've learned I've built my entire photography practice based off of the, the learnings from Creative Live, and I've, it's a free education for me. And now I have this thriving photography business or this thriving um, film production business. So that's what Creative Live is all about. Um, that's long-winded, but technically, what it looks like is free classes um, on a website. So if you have a uh, an internet connection, you can log on right now, and there will be classes playing in a variety of different channels: um, audio, film photo design and you can watch um, if it's a if it's actually happening live you can um, uh, interact and ask questions 
and uh, it's free. And if you want to watch it again, or if you missed something, you can purchase it. And that's how um, our business model works and how we make our money is when people actually purchase the class so that they can have it on their iPod or, or watch it again and rewind and all that good stuff. And Megan, how did you first hear about Creative Live? Do you remember when you first heard that this company existed? Do you remember what your first impression was like? Yeah, I, you know, I think Creative Live first approached me um, and, and we started talking about it. And, and for me, my first impression um, was really positive. You know, I was aware of a number of kind of online teaching platforms. Um, but what I didn't like about so many of the other ones was that it was really you talking to a camera. And my teaching style is very interactive. I actually started teaching studio art classes when I was in grad school and I taught at a couple different universities. And when you teach studio art classes, you know, m- mostly I taught metalsmithing and design and some fibers. And when you teach those classes, it's very interactive. You have 10, 15, maybe 20 students max. And so you're really back and forth. And then when I started teaching classes online of my own through designing an MBA, I built them all to be very interactive. So I knew that there were a lot of platforms happening and these platforms weren't interesting to me because there was really no interaction between the teacher and the student. And so when I um, was approached by Creative Live and I started looking at the format, I thought, yes, this is the one that makes sense for me because even though it's broadcasting live and you can see it with everyone. You also have that in-studio audience. And for me as a teacher, that's really invaluable because I get to interact and, and ping off the students and, you know, students just bring an energy and they bring their questions. And so for me, it was really the kind of the way the platform worked and the way that I actually got to teach and deliver that made it such an appealing site. Right. And just to be clear, so there is a live studio audience and, you know, the class might start filming at nine o'clock in the morning, for example. And so the the audience kind of arrives a little before then. There's a cafeteria. Everybody kind of eats together if they want something to eat. And then you kind of come into the studio and there's chairs set up in almost like a semicircle. Um, so they sit down and there might be 10 students, 15 students, something like that. And then you're up on kind of a little bit of a platform with a screen behind you. And so while you're talking, the students are there, they ask questions, they make comments. You can do like a hot seat where somebody comes up and joins you on the stage and kind of you do one-on-one kind of interaction with them about what their struggles are, what they're trying to learn. So there is this, um, the studio audience does play a role in the class. And they're almost like a proxy for the audience at home. And the audience at home can also interact. So Celeste, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of why uh, Creative Live chose to have a live studio audience and what you feel and hung on to it all this time? Like, what do you feel it adds? Um, And then how do you handle having both those live students right there and also the um, the students who are kind of online and are, you know, putting their questions in. Absolutely. Uh, we have students for exactly the reasons that, that Megan was saying. It's, it's, it's different. It totally changes the dynamic in, in how you teach. Te- teaching to a camera with, you know, a half-asleep camera operator behind you, you know, it's, it's not the same as having an engaged audience. And we, we um, when making Creative Live way back when, saw that, the, the, the dynamic that a live audience created. So um, that we just carried through because we saw the difference and how it set us apart from, from other online um, educational videos. Um, and we just ran with it and the instructors loved it. And, and it changes it too because it, it, the live aspect, I mean, when you're watching it live, it, it's literally live. You can see camera, uh, you can see um, things go wrong. Happen, that, that happens all the time where like the tethering for a camera won't work or the instructor slips up and says a swear word and everyone laughs and, or, you know, sometimes the producer needs to come out and fix something. And I, I think that's what, what our audience really glommed onto. It's like the, for the same reasons why reality television is so interesting. Like you will sometimes catch something that you're not supposed to see, or that's just really interesting. And we, we edit it all at the end for people um, who purchased it. So it's nice and tight, but there is something that's just kind of interesting in, it really almost being like, it's almost like you're there. You know, when we, when we cut from a break, when, once the lesson's over, we cut to a camera where you can really see the entire studio. You can see the camera operators, the lights, the, the grid, the everything behind the scenes. And people like it. Um, it, it really makes you feel like you're there. Um, the audience, the in-studio audience is, um, I mean, they're, they're what brings our class life 
Um, we try and get as many as we can. Um, sometimes we're limited, especially when we're when we're doing like hands-on uh, like photography or film, um, just because it's, it's kind of hard to get the shots when there's 10 or 20 people in there. But they they are what make the difference in our broadcast. And so we, we try and get as many as we can into the studio. Um, and we really encourage them to ask questions and to engage the instructor. A lot of times they're a little scared to because camera, you know, camera shy or, or what have you. And it just feels like you're, it feels like you're on TV. So we, we really do a lot of work ahead of time to, to prep them and make them feel comfortable and that we want you to treat this like you would any other, any other um, educational environment you've been in, like jump in there with questions, make guy contact. Um, and also balancing that with, you know, but don't talk too much because we don't want to steal the show away from the instructor. And um, we'll have hosts there that will sort of mediate the, um, the, the entire segment. And they're online looking at questions online um, and in the chat rooms. Um, and we'll occasionally pipe in with a question from someone in Argentina or somebody watching from Japan. And so it's, that is the sort of worldwide dynamic that we that we bring in it's it's that's something that you don't see anywhere else and I think that it the audience at home it really can be quite striking to hear questions from someone across the world and you're like oh I, I have that same question I, I struggle with that same thing um and I think that is that is the magic of creative live um, and Megan, you've taught a whole series of classes. So um, you, you've gone back multiple times. You've taught um, classes. Some of them are sell your products to retailers, how to make a living selling what you make, um, brand your creative business, and Pinterest marketing for makers, which I learned a ton from that one. So um, if anyone has questions about Pinterest, Megan is like the Pinterest master, and that's a great, great class to take. Um, and so um, I just wonder if you could tell us like some of the high points like that keep you coming back, some of maybe specific things that have been really great that have come out of your experience teaching in this way. Yeah. I mean, there's, I feel like there's so many, every time I come to creative live, it's just an, an amazing experience. And, and first of all, I just have to say, you know, Celeste made the joke about a, a half asleep camera operator and I have never had a half asleep camera operator on my class. The, the crew and everyone at creative live are simply the best people to work with. And I actually joke that creative live has spoiled me because I don't ever want to do my own makeup ever again. <laughs> and I just <laughs> want to have someone do my makeup for me. It's so nice. Um, so you know, just the whole, everyone that I've worked with there has been incredible. But really, you know, the thing that keeps me coming back is um, when students tell me, you know, what's worked for them. And so the the last time I was there teaching um, my last series of courses, I had a woman in my in-studio audience and she came up to me before we started on the first day and um, she makes paper goods. And she gave me like all this fun stuff. And she was like, I just have to tell you, she's like, I've watched all of your other classes and I implemented them. And it, I saw huge results in my business. Like I've grown so much and I've had so much success and I, and I raised my prices and nothing bad happened. And I actually sold more and, and really, you know, and there are so many instances like that where, you know, people say like, I watched your class and I did the work and it made a difference and my business is better now. And that's really what keeps me coming back again and again and again, because, you know, running a business is hard and I, and I know that. And if I can, you know, if, if every class helps even one person do their business better, then, you know, I feel so honored to have that opportunity to help them. Yeah, it definitely has helped me. <laughs> so, so thank you for that. And I wanted to say with the studio audience that, um, you know, some of the people that were in my studio audience, I'm now like, I'm still friends with them. Like I met them then. And then I'm now still friends with them, which was really, really nice. And, um, you know, it, I flew from Boston to San Francisco for this. And so a lot of them are local to San Francisco or, um, you know, live in the Bay area. And so I, I got to meet them in person, which was really nice for me. Um, but also I will say that, um, people fly in sometimes to be, I mean, if there's like um, a really big name instructor and Celeste, maybe you have some examples of this where um, this is a person, you know, who's won a Pulitzer Prize or is like incredibly well known. And so to be in that studio audience is a really special thing. And it's free, right, to be in the audience for the day. And you get like a basically a in-person small group class with this, you know, incredibly well-known instructor. So are there some things, some stories you have to tell about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of these instructors, they 
they teach on circuits and I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of them charge many thousands of dollars for, to, to come to a workshop. I'm, I'm more well-versed in um, photography workshops here. Um, I'm based in the Seattle office and that's where we make a lot of our, uh, our, our photo workshops. And so we'll have students that, you know, come from Australia. We had one, two, two ladies came from Nigeria, from Scotland, from England, from all over the United States, from Canada, from Africa. I mean, yeah. It, we've had them from all corners of the globe. Just to, co- just to be able to come in and, and take the class live with this person. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, it's really, it gives me goosebumps even talking about it, seeing these people come into this class, into our studio, this place that I just work every day and totally take for granted and have them come and be like, oh, it's the windows and oh my gosh, I'm here and oh, I've seen you on camera. And it's like, it's, you almost feel like a celebrity or like, it's just us. <laughs> but they, it's, it's important to them. And, and these are, they're meeting their, they're meeting their idols. They're meeting their mentors. They're meeting these people that they've learned so much from in person. And so, yeah, they'll, they'll drop that, that grand on a, on a airline ticket to come over and we're grateful for it. And, um, and if people who are listening to this show want to maybe get in on that and come, um, you know, be a live studio audience member, how should they keep track of who's coming up and, and get the application and all of that? Sure. The um, I know we're building out our audience process a lot more right at this moment, but um, the best way to get in uh, to get a rundown of who's coming is to go to creativelive.com and scroll down to the bottom, and there's a link that says "In the Audience," and that'll take you to a, a page that shows you all the upcoming classes that we're looking for audiences for, and from there you can fill out a form saying, um, you know, who you are, where you're coming from, why you want to be here. It is a little bit of a, a we, it's not guaranteed. We oftentimes are looking for the right, no, I don't want to say the right people, but we, we do craft and curate the people in the audience often because we want a dynamic range of people that will represent who's, who's at home watching. So we want to, we want to make sure that's not all, you know, 20 year olds that are just out of college. We want to make sure we have a 20 year old out of college and we have um, you know, someone that this is their second career or someone that's like a stay at home father. Like we really try and diversify the audience that's in the studio with the instructor. Okay. And the classes are kind of long. Um, I think that that's one thing that stood out for me um, in that my class started at nine and then we took a break for lunch at noon, but it ended at four. So that's a lot of hours of an online class, I feel like, you know, some of the competing platforms, the class might be 90 minutes, for example, um, which is much shorter of a time investment for students. And I just wondered, um, Megan, from your perspective, do you, like, how are you feeling about the length? Because in some of the classes are multiple days as well. I'm sure some of yours were. Yeah. Um, I actually taught one when you're talking about your one day class being long. I just had to laugh because I, I know, actually, mine my, was short. <laughs> my make a living selling what you make class, we actually filmed over five days and um, the content was released one, like every morning for uh, 30 days, I think, or 25 days. So it was a very long class and a lot of content. And I really felt like even after we were done filming, I was like, oh, I live on Creative Live this month. It's so crazy. Um, but, you know, for me, actually, that format is part of the appeal. Um, you know, I think, again, part of it is I did teach at a university. And so you're used to thinking about something in the course of a semester. And so 90 minutes to me never feels would never feel like enough time. Um, so I love this idea that we can really dive deep into subjects, but then also that you can give students time to implement. So, okay, we're going on a break. Here's a task that you can do, or, you know, here's your homework for the next day. So I, I like that it gives students sort of time to develop and you just don't get that in a shorter class. And, and it's funny because I've done some shorter classes since I did the five day class. I'm always like, wow, it's, it's over already. This <laughs> is so short. Um, so it's definitely a marathon and it, you feel it. Um, actually the in-studio audience, by day five, they're like, oh, my butt hurts. I can't sit anymore. So it's actually <laughs> a lot of investment for the students too. But I think that it just gets you such better results because you're able to dive so deeply into a topic that you wouldn't be able to do in a shorter class. I want to pause things right now to talk a little bit about our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Danielle Spurge and the Merriweather Council. Through her work at the Merriweather Council, 
Danielle teaches makers how to turn their crafty tendencies into profits. Through a variety of resources, including courses, ebooks, and challenges, Danielle helps handmade shop owners make sense of the less glamorous parts of their businesses so they can spend more time doing the work they love. On Married Weather Council blog, Danielle addresses a range of topics from selling on Etsy to utilizing social media and branding your business for success and recognition. The Meriwether Council has helped hundreds of sellers make more money, grow their influence, and expand their brand presence using tools like Etsy and Shopify. While addressing the unique needs and concerns of a handmade business, Danielle teaches artists and crafters and makers how to build strong foundations that they can grow on. Danielle's teachings are derived from her personal experience selling crafts online for more than six years. For more information, visit MeriwetherCouncil.com and MeriwetherCouncilBlog.com, where full support for your craft-based entrepreneurship awaits. And now, back to my conversation with Celeste and Megan. And Celeste, I want to talk a little bit about the freemium model. So freemium is a combination of the word free and premium. And basically, usually what it means is that you're able to access something for free um, at the sort of basic level. And I think a lot of this, us are familiar with this idea when it comes to apps, for example, where we can enjoy that app at the free level to a certain degree. But then if we want the better features to upgrade, to be able to use it more or in different ways, then we need to buy the paid version. Um, and so that's called freemium. And that is really the model that Creative Live has, where you can watch the class for free when it's live. Um, but then if you would like to own the class and watch it anytime, then you purchase it. And as you said, there's some edits taken out for all the little snafus that happen throughout the day. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about sort of how that freemium model works and why it works for Creative Live as a model? Mm -hmm. I'll say when I first came on to Creative Live, um, I, I came from the film world and it was so money-based like it was all about you know the client and how much money can we make and which it needs to be of course it needs to be that way but what struck me when I first started working at Creative Live was everyone here really was about the education and we didn't talk about the audience like our clients we, we talked about them like our audience and that really struck me um, I remember the first couple months talking to the CEO and um, and all the people that were building the education and they talked about it in like what how much more can we give them like let's 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 just pack this in even more like let's just overwhelm them with information and that's that's really the way they approached it that's let's let's give them so much information that they want to buy it to to watch it again um i have a joke with a a, a photographer that jasmine star that's come on a number of times as i produced that her classes do so well because she talks so fast that people have to buy it to to, to um, <laughs> get the information and, you know, I teach, but it, I, it's kind of true. Like we just, we just, it's sort of the, the idea that a rising tide raises all boats. We're just going to give you so much information and, and really mean it. Like we want people to be educated. Um, we want them to love this. We want them to get everything that they need out of these classes. And let's give you, you know, all these bonus PDF downloads and we're going to add on a critique. Like we have these content producers that develop this curriculum with the instructors and that's really the way everyone thinks. Um, and of course it is ultimately, you know, we need to make money to, to turn the lights on here, but that's what I love about working here. And I think that that's why it works is that there's this genuine, we want you, we want people to be educated. We want to change lives. We want people to create. And I, and I hope that that's how it comes off and, and people are sort of drawn to that. So um, there are, usually with most courses, there are a few things we'll hold back, like, oh, there's this bonus video. If you purchase, you get it, or these bonus PDFs. But for the most part, it's, you get everything. If you're watching, if you're watching live, you'll get 18 hours of content sometimes just free. Yeah. And it's interesting because I heard um, when I was getting ready for my class and I was kind of sharing on social media, all the different things I was doing to prepare, um, somebody said to me on Twitter, that they felt like it was backward. So what she was saying was that um, the the best experience is the live experience because even if you're at home, you can you know type in your questions and get them answered by the instructor live. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, and that one is free. And then the sort of, that she was feeling like the secondary experience, which wasn't as good, was the one you had to pay for. And so mm. she was like, and I thought that was an interesting concern. So I don't know <laughs> if you have anything to say about that. But anyway, I was like, huh, that's a different way of thinking about it. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're consistently building out um, our, our product, our platform. The, the, the course pages um, is, for those of you who haven't watched Creative Live, the course pages where the, everything about that workshop lives, all the videos, all the extracurriculum um, about the instructor. Um, So we're consistently building that out to make it a better experience for the audience. Um, We like, we live by the idea that the live is what brings people in. We want as many people on our website as possible. And the, the overwhelming them with information um, will, will incur, well, that, I mean, it's working. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Working. Or buying. So, I mean, if we wanted to get into to metrics and money and all that, you probably have the wrong person on the phone. But it it's, yeah, in a way it is a little backward, but this this works. Yeah. Um, I, I always hate when I'm, when I find something good, but I always feel like I'm getting like nickeled and dimed and, oh, you, ha- oh, you don't, you don't have that ability because you're not a premium member. And I really like that about Creative Live. It's like, you don't, you don't need to to be a member or to be paying a membership fee to get all these benefits. It really is a, a community. And it's like, yeah, come join our community. And if, and if you want to, if you want to learn about Megan Almond's Pinterest class at, at your fingertips at any moment, then you can buy it for, you know, $150 or whatever it is. And people, it, it seems to work. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I, the other thing I wanted to highlight too, is that there's always something on. So even if mm-hmm. you are um, in a very different time zone, for example, and so, you know, your nine o'clock in the morning is already the end of the business day in San Francisco or in Seattle, um, you can turn, tune in and there's always on each channel something showing and so, or something, yeah, showing. So like um, the back catalog kind of circulates through. And so you might just catch that class again. Um, so if you just go to the creative live right now, there's always something that you can watch. Um, so I, I don't know if everybody knows that, but, um, it is kind of cool if you're, you know, sewing and have some hours to kill and want to put something on, um, you can learn at the same time. So I think that's really neat. And Megan, I want to talk a little bit about, um, I know that creative live approached you to um, teach the first class. So then you kind of had a foot in the door and could prove that you were awesome. And so they asked you back multiple times, of course. <laughs> but, um, but you know, so I, so maybe you can't necessarily talk, or maybe you can, about um, kind of coming up with a new class to pitch. Because I think some of my listeners are probably like, hey, maybe I could do this. You know, maybe I could pitch a class and I'd like to have this opportunity. And um, so so if you, if you can talk about pitching, then do. And then also about the next steps. Like how once your class is approved, what takes place before you actually fly out and teach? Yeah, so I can absolutely talk about pitching because even though they approached me, it was started as a very vague conversation. Like we want you to teach, we want you to teach on the Craft and Maker channel. And then that was kind of it. And we set up a meeting to potentially talk topics. And so um, what I did is I actually sat down and did my homework to try to figure out what I thought was missing and what I could bring with my skill set. So um, Tara Gentili was actually running her uh, second class or first or second class, I think, um, in the kind of, it was going live in the week maybe before I hadn't had my meeting with Creative Live. And I kept watching her class and listening to the questions. And about halfway through her class, I was like, oh, it's like Creative Live needs a class on wholesale. And I can absolutely teach that. That's a, a huge passion point of mine. It's a way that I built my business. And so um, I... So when we had the meeting, I said, look, I listened to Tara's class. This is where I see this big gap. I think you need a course on this. Uh, Here's why I can teach it. And they were like, okay, that's great. Uh, Write an outline. So I pulled together an outline um, highlighting the basic kind of points that I wanted. And and they said, great, perfect. And then, you know, from there, every class topic that we've done since has really been a a conversation and a collaboration. Um, Now we have this fantastic Facebook group that came out of my Make a Living Selling What You Make class. And so I'm always in there being like, hey guys, what do you want to learn? You know, what's missing? And so it's really fun to kind of sit down. You you know, pretty much every class that I've done with Creative Live has started as like, okay, Megan, it's time for another class. And then we talk about what we think. You know, I come with ideas, they come with ideas. So that's really fun. Um, And then in terms of the process itself, you know, actually I really, I think, I love being on stage. I love teaching, but 
the process of developing the courses is really actually what keeps me coming back. So, you know, you pitch your idea and then from there you're assigned a producer and that content producer really works with you to um, make your classes great. And I have to give a shout out here to Michael Karsh because he's been my content producer for almost all of my classes. And, um, you know, they work with you to really just refine and hone and, and make sure that, you know, the class is both information, but it also has to be entertaining. And I think that's really where the magic happens in creative live. It's okay. What can we do to keep our audience engaged and inspired, but also help them take action and move forward? And is this the best structure? You know, how do we make sure that if they end the class on the end of day one, they're going to come back for day two, or they're going to come back after the break. And so the content producer will really sit down and work with you to make sure that you've got all of the details fleshed out and that the order is right and that the show flow feels right. And, you know, and then from there, you, you kind of, you still have to sit down and do the work. You know, you build your keynote slides, you have to put everything together and, and get it ready. But it's really that process of working with the producer um, that I think, I know for me, it makes my classes so much stronger than if I had just written them on my own. And that's really the magic is you're not, you're never left to your own devices with Creative Live. Someone is always there to answer your questions and support you. And uh, it's just a great team to work with. And I think to that in my experience, you know, working with a staff like that, working with um, a content producer to refine the content of your class is such a big learning experience because um, it's almost like professional development for you and you take those lessons with you into the next thing that you do, even if the next thing that you do is totally independently produced or whatever. Um, it's all almost in my experience like writing a book where you work with an editor and a publisher. And so you learn from them, okay, this is what sells. This is how you have to position this. Like you were saying, this needs to be entertaining or, you know, and so those might be things that sitting in your home studio by yourself with your sewing machine and your computer, you just don't think of. Um, But once you're out there, you know, interacting with this team, it's like, oh, you know, I see how this, how they're thinking. And then you take that with you, you know, into the next thing that you do. So even for that alone, it's totally worth um, pitching and trying to, to get it to happen, you know, if you're at all interested. Um, so Celeste, is there a, a way people can, um, can pitch, maybe especially for the, the craft and maker channel or, or perhaps for other channels that, they, um, they might, you know, be better aligned with, but, but how can somebody get their idea to you to sort of be considered or to, or to the right person at creative live to be considered? I knew this question was coming and I was looking on our, on our page and like, we used to have a link for this. Um, I don't see it off the top of my head. Now you'll get back to get, I'll get back with you so you can add it on if if that changes, but there is a contact page. There's a contact page where you can get in touch with us and that'll go to support. And depending on what it is you're pitching, um, they'll, the, uh, that team will make sure that it gets to the right to the right channel head. Okay. But you are still looking for instructors. In other words, oh, it's not like your, your full roster you're is booked done. and you don't want anybody <laughs> else. Like you're, you're still looking. So if somebody does have an exciting idea or thinks it would be a good fit, um, they're, they're still a contender. Um, okay. Oh, and, yeah. and, um, and, you know, I know Megan, you said that you do your, you did your homework that like you watched, um, you watch Tara Gentili's class to sort of see what she was doing and it helped you come up with an idea. And you should certainly look through the back catalog to make sure that a class like this hasn't already been done. I mean, that's a good first step for anybody. Um, but um, Celeste, are there other things that you, know, you, that you might look at when it comes to somebody who could potentially be an instructor to see whether they would be a good fit or you know, whether they are somebody who you would like to hire? Mm-hmm. Yes, we we the big things we look for is are they good at what they do? <laughs> are they really exceptional at the craft that that they're wanting to, to teach in? Do they have a following? That's not always necessary, but it's helpful um, that you know they're a really well known sewer, or seamstress, or photographer. Um, and then can they teach? That's the big one. Um, I'd say to people that are pitching, we almost always will need to see a video or um, you teaching a seminar or a workshop or something to see how you do on camera. Um, not on camera, but just how, what's your teaching style. Um, that's, that's the big one. So if you have those three, so gathering um, any past curriculum you've done, any past workshops you've done, um, 
and any stats around the, the followers you have on Instagram, say, um, that's, that's what we're going to look for. That's the, when we internet stalk you, those will be the things that we look for. Right. And you will be internet stalk. Like, I think that that's important for people to know, like people, they are going to look to see, you know, what you have and what you do and who your audience is and, um, whether there is a, a customer base for what you're, you know, what you're making. And, um, I, I taught my class an email marketing for creative people class at Craftcation and the producer, at Creative Live was in the audience of my class. So that was really helpful because then she saw my whole class. So after the hour and a half of the class, then she was like, we need to have a meeting. And that's how it kind of happened. And so um, if you are able to teach at an in-person conference, especially one where there might be people from, you know, an online learning platform there who could see you, that's a, a great way to, to, to get into doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'll say what, what mm-hmm. keeps us coming back. Um, certainly Megan is a, a stellar teacher and it, and it really helps that she's just so easy to work with. And we, we have just sort of these, these, pop, these known quantity instructors like, Oh yeah, we know that they're going to come in and they're <laughs> going to be great. And they're going to be super easy to work with. And a lot of it is, you know, the instructor's ability to sort of trust us and trust the content producer that um, not that we know what's, what's, best but we know what's best for creative live and that we know you that we trust that you know what's best in your craft and it really is kind of coming together and us taking um what you know about your craft and your audience and us what we know about our audience and how creative life works um and just how is this going to come out on camera like can is is this going to be a good visual or is this is the audience at home really going to learn from this or how do we tweak this so that they can really understand and wrap their head around what you're teaching and and so it's it's that collaboration that we look for with instructors that you know the first time it always is sort of well let's see how this works but once we see it works and and it usually does work out fabulously but Megan is a, a a great example of someone that we're like you get it you get how to work with a team and you get how to put on a great workshop and Megan can you talk just a little bit about that as far as um and maybe about Creative Live in um, specific, but also just in general, about getting hired back. In other words, what, what can people do to make it so that a company that they're working with for the first time feels the way Celeste feels about you, which is to say, <laughs> um, you know, they're a sure bet and we will hire them back. Because I, I often feel like you can be the most talented person in the world at whatever art form you are, you know, pursuing, but if you're also super flaky, like, um, you know, we would maybe prefer to, to work with somebody who was talented, not as talented as you, but talented, but also really responsible, um, because you just know your deadlines are going to be met and that sort of thing. So if you could talk a little bit about some advice just generally for makers, um, about making themselves easy to hire again. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I always joke that I'm not employable, (laughs) that like no one ever hires me because I I don't normally, I don't have jobs, right? I work for myself. Um, but it's nice to hear Celeste talk about me that I, you know, that I am employable. Um, <laughs> I, um, I do think, you know, part of it is, I think as Celeste said, like viewing it as a collaboration. So I don't go in there and, and think like, I'm going to be the diva, like the world revolves around me. I think, you know, I'm part of a team and, and it's a, it's a big team. It's me. It's the content producer. It's the line producer. It's the, you know, camera crew. It's the sound guy. It's the people editing. And so being really respectful of the fact that like, yes, I, you know, it's about me being on stage, but I couldn't be on stage without all of these people. And so really just, I think, you know, it sounds so crazy, but like being polite and respectful and friendly and happy, like those are things that actually really do go a long way. You know, I am not going to, if something doesn't work for me, I'm going to voice that concern, but I'm not going to be mean about it. I'm going to be friendly and I, you know, I enjoy the experience. And I think that's part of what makes, hopefully makes me fun to work with is that I really, truly enjoy my experience there. Um, but then on top of that, I think really respecting and treating it as a priority um, and hitting those deadlines. So I think one of the things that if you're thinking about pitching creative live, that's so important to know is it is hard work to put together those classes. What you see happening on, you know, on screen as it's happening live is the result of months and months and months of work. And you have to really be able to commit the time and energy to do that. 
because then you are going to be hitting your deadlines. You're going to be getting the work done. You're going to show up and be prepared. Um, but if you are super busy in your business and you're trying to do a million things and you can't give the prep time that it needs, then you're not going to get asked back because it's going to show. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, people get really nervous about being on camera and, and is that going to come out? And really like, again, just relaxing and enjoying the ride will make you such a more natural teacher. And that also really helps I think in getting hired back because people want to watch people on camera who are having fun. Um, so, you know, I think really hit your, hit your deadlines, you know, prepare and have fun. And that for me, that's really what I focus on. Yeah, those are great tips. And um, I love what you said about it being a team. I filmed two online classes in the same summer last summer, one of which was with Creative Live and one was with a different company and um, was on a completely different topic. And um, what I learned from both of them, I am not a person, sounds like you love being on stage. I'm a person, I know I run a podcast, but I actually hate being on stage. I'm like, I, I was a teacher for many years, a middle school teacher. So I am comfortable in front of a group of people teaching, but I'm not like a performer, you know, like I would never like voluntarily do karaoke or something like that. Like that is not my, my personality. Um, but what I realized from those two different experiences that was, what was similar about both of them is, as you said, it really is a team of people. So each person's job on when you're shooting is, is actually just as important as, as each other person's job. So there's like a cameraman and there's another cameraman and there's a sound person and there's a light person and there's a host and there's you and there's all of these different people. Um, there's somebody looking at the, all these monitors and at the time. And I mean, there's like so many different, you know, moving parts. And so sometimes I'd be like rolling along, you know, doing a great job, whatever. And then it turned out that like the B-roll camera was like shaking or something. And then we had to stop and start again. And it was like that guy's fault. You know what I mean? It wasn't me who messed up. So <laughs> it just made me feel so much better because I was like, you know what? This isn't like me and everybody staring at me to see if I'm going to do this right. You know what I mean? This is like 12 people and we all have an equally important role to play. And I'm just one of those people. So that yes, made me you're relax. imperfect. Yeah. Creative Live makes all sorts of mistakes sometimes. And that's, <laughs> and it's, and it's, and that's part of why the collaboration is, is just, is so great when we work with instructors, they get it. It's like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, some we're, we're, we're figuring this out too. I mean, no one has done education in this way. And sometimes we're blazing trails and mostly we're getting it right. But it's, it's kind of fun to be pioneering education in this way in, in um, artistic areas where it doesn't exist. Um, and so while we talk about the importance of, you know, being, being nice and being prepared and like, and that's, that's definitely things we look for when we when we look for return instructors, like ultimately, you know, I talk about community and all that is important, but like, if it doesn't make money, that, that is like kind of the deal breaker. Um, and that is something that has been really interesting to, to play with and see, oh, wow, there's a lot of people that want to learn about this, this niche thing that we wouldn't have known, like making, making felt dolls with Persian cat hair is a huge audience. All right, let's, let's <laughs> and then sometimes we'll kind of go down and, like, and spend all this time and work building curriculum in a different direction that we think that there's an audience for and there really isn't. Or maybe maybe we did it wrong. We don't know. So it, it kind of is playing with who, what, what, what do people want out there? Do they right. exist or do we just not, have we not reached them properly yet? So and through, uh, through online media, I mean, we get that immediate feedback. You get those that the analytics and the data are right there in front of you and you can change and um, be more nimble, which I love. And, um, and the reason that I did those two classes in one summer was really because I love new media. And I was like, I got to get in there and try it. Like you said about being a pioneer, I'm like, I want to get behind the camera and see like, how does this work? You know, what is this really like to do this? Um, and so I was so grateful to have those opportunities so that I could speak about it and understand it at this early stage. Um, all right. So, um, Celeste, we're going to start with your recommendations and you recommended a show, which I just watched part of the first episode of online after I got your list. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is an amazing Isn't show. Okay. It's called <laughs> the profit and right. It's like cupcake wars sort of, right. It's like, <laughs> it's like sort of a little bit cheesy. So anyway, but it, but it's awesome. So tell us about it. Sure. I was on a flight to, uh, oh, Miami. I was going to Cuba and I had this big, long flight to Miami and they, you know how television on the flights are usually just awful. And I'm flipping through and just kind of put something on so I could fall asleep. And it's the show, The Prophet. 
And I was just locked in the entire five hour flight. I couldn't look away. It was mesmerizing. It's uh, uh, this guy who, as I understand it, he's actually an entrepreneur and he's actually investing his money in these failing businesses. Um, they'll pitch him their business and, and say, we're failing for these reasons. Come, come save us. And this guy literally goes and assesses their business and will make them a deal. So it's kind of like a Shark Tank, sort of, in a way. Yeah, or like but, bar, if you've ever watched Bar Rescue, where he like goes into bars and like, yeah, okay, right, like failing right. bars and like fixes them, yeah. So he'll assess like who who else is own, um, an owner here and like what's the state of the business. He'll like look at all of their financial information, take in like all the employee everything, and he'll make them a deal. Say, I'll give you three hundred thousand dollars, or I'll give you a million, but I own thirty three percent of the company, or I own fifty percent of the company, and I am the boss. Like once I give you this check, I'm the boss, and everything I say go. It's and he comes in and he just like. Mm. He just makes changes and it's, it's so, it's just fascinating. I, it's, 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 I don't own a small business, but it almost makes me want to, want to try. It's like, it just, to, I've learned so much from that class or from that, from that show about financials and running and how to work with employees and like, even like storage of your stock like that, that seems to be a big one of like your, um, just like your material goods, like just making things really efficient and streamlined so that you're able to do more so you're able to make more money and just the way he thinks about it i can't even articulate it go watch it it's great it's on hulu okay awesome yeah no it's a really good i i basically don't watch tv but um if there's something like really really compelling then i will watch the whole you know the whole series so like i will watch um the great british sewing bee you know certain things like that but <laughs> but anyway this is a good one um i and i should disclose yeah. that it's like totally overly dramatized oh, yeah. like everyone lower your expectations it's like they have They're like crying all that and build yeah. their business survive and it's a little overdone but <laughs> it, it is really, really that's why i said it was like cupcake wars it's like yeah. <laughs> give me a break but it's still really good okay um and megan you wanted to recommend um a show that's at the metro Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's Manix Ex Machina. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think it's Manix Ex Machina. I've, I've yet to actually hear someone pronounce okay. the name of it. <laughs> and I've just seen it in hashtags and, and on the show itself. Um, yeah, so it is the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. It's their spring costume exhibition or their summer costume exhibition. Um, and if you are at all interested in sewing or fashion or clothing or textiles or literally being a person um, and you are anywhere near New York City, um, you should absolutely go to this. I went on opening day. And so it's the, the subtitle is about the intersection of fashion and technology. But what it's really about is like KOTOR fashion creating techniques. And so they looked at embroidery and feather work and lace work and leather and faux flowers. And um, so they pulled historic garments and they pulled contemporary garments and just the level of detail and craftsmanship in these pieces. You could probably spend days just staring and sketching and taking pictures. And um, and then on top of that, whenever the Met does their costume ex exhibitions, the the entire atmosphere is basically like walking into a church of fashion. Um, so the whole entire experience is just amazing. And uh, it's so, so inspiring. So if you're anywhere near New York, um, it's absolutely worth it. And if you're not anywhere near New York, um, if you go to the Mets website, there are some good videos that talk a little bit more in detail about it. And actually the exhibition catalog um, is really well done and shows, shows that too. So you can always grab the, grab the exhibition catalog, order that online if you can't make it to New York. But if you're anywhere near New York, head to the Met. It's totally worth it. Okay, great. And um, I love your fashion boards on Pinterest. So I trust your judgment. <laughs> yeah, there are some of my, some of my favorite designers are well represented in that uh, show. So it's worth a trip. Excellent. Okay. I wanted to talk about um, a podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like podcasts. And this is another podcast that I love. It's um, called First Day Back. And it is a podcast about returning to work after taking six years off from maternity leave. So it's um, a documentary podcast and it uh, comes out every two weeks. Um, it's a woman who is a documentary filmmaker. She lives in Canada and um, she was pretty well known, you know, in the docu documentary filmmaking world and then had two children 
who are now like three and six, something like that. And she's ready to come back into the workforce. But if any of you have been in that position, you know, like it's really, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, and so she's just documenting like what it's like to, you know, put the kids in daycare and like try to get back out there and try to pitch your work. And um, what are people thinking that you've been out for so long? And do you still have the skills and all of that stuff? And um, it's beautifully done. I've cried multiple times. Um, if you if you are interested in that kind of topic, I, I think I really highly recommend it. So it's called First Day Back. And um, I feel like there's kind of a genre of these podcasts that are um, sort of documentary, women documentary, sort of life um, shows. I recommended two of them recently on a, another episode of this podcast. Um, and First Day Back is kind of in that same genre and really beautiful. So I recommend it. Um, and Celeste, we're back up to you. You wanted to recommend 28 to Make, which is a free class on Creative Live. Yes, this is a shameless Creative Live plug, but it's <laughs> it's true. It's such a great, great model. So the idea is that it takes 28 days to form a habit. Um, so this is from our design channel. Um, but anyone can do it. I'm, I'm certainly not a designer, and I took it. And I, I learned so much and had so much fun with it. But basically, you sign up. Um, just go to Creative Live and search 28 to make um, and sign up. And basically every day for 28 days, you'll get an email in your inbox that prompts you to make something. Um, and it's uh, it's mostly drawing exercises, um, but they're really short. It'll be something like draw something green today. Um, and there'll be like a little video and like a couple um, ideas for inspiration. But like, so you just go find a plant and draw it. Or there'll be uh, like a PDF of like 24 circles. And it's like, Fill, fill up these circles with something, anything. And it's just, it's so inspiring. It's so fun. It just encourages you to just take a break and do something creative every day. Mm, and I think that would actually be nice, a nice thing to do even over like a summer vacation or even with like an older kid too. Like I have a 12 year old that would be, and she has an email address. So, you know, that would be kind of a neat thing to do where she would get that every day and, you know, use some of her summer vacation doing that too. That's cool. Um, it's fun. And they have, um, we have like a hashtag so you can go to it and see what other people are making. Um, so you're like, oh, wow, they totally went a different direction with that, with, with this day than I did. It's, it's really fun. Okay, good. That's a good one. Um, and uh, Megan, you wanted to recommend Badass, Making Users Awesome. This is a book by Kathy Sierra. Yeah, this is um, this book I read recently that just really blew my mind. Um, and it's kind of written from that like UX user experience perspective, but what she really gets into that I love is, you know, she talks about if you're, if you're producing a product and you get sort of so wrapped up in like how to make people good at, at your product, but your audience, your user doesn't actually care about that. And so what the book really does is, is pushes you to think about, um, you know, what is it that you want your users to be badass at um, and how can you help them do that? And the answer is not you want them to be badass at your product. It's badass at this compelling context that your product is a part of. So if you are stuck on like content marketing or just thinking about how to talk to your audience, um, it's really great for that. I have my copy. I'm a shameless, like I write in all of my books and I, this book has huge margins, which is great because mine are now filled with notes and ideas and things I want to work at. Um, but then she also dives pretty deeply into looking at how people learn and how people progress through skills and basically how do you become like a badass or a master at something. So if you're at all interested in teaching, it's a really great resource for that too. So it's, it's so applicable on so many levels and it's short and easy to read too. So even if you're not a big business book reader, this one is is lots of illustrations, lots of pictures, really easy to get through, but really gets you thinking. Mm, that would be a good one. We have um, with Craft Industry Alliance, which is the trade organization that I founded, we have a book club. And that sounds like a good one because we need the short ones that everybody can actually read. In the, in oh, the book club. yeah. So, um, yeah. So readable, so short and right. easy, but well worth it. It'll really change your perspective on how you think about your business and your customers. Ooh, that's good. Okay, great. And I wanted to talk about... Um, this is my last one, but I wanted to talk about quilt snips, which are these really short sort of made-to-go-viral videos that Missouri Star Quilt Company is making. So Missouri Star is this amazing quilt company um, in Hamilton, Missouri, and um, they do such an awesome job on YouTube. And um, Jenny Doan, who's their founder, 
uh, is like a YouTube star and she does she's these little quilt. They're, they're like 20 minutes. They're like quilt lessons. And they're amazing. Um, but they also do a great job just generally on social media and are always innovating. And so they now produce quilt snips. They're just for Facebook which I think is really cool. So it's, you know, it's a video made for Facebook and they are similar to, and I'm sure we've all seen these viral videos in Facebook where somebody's cooking something and it's like, there's no words or anything. It's really short. It's like a minute and a half or two minutes long. And there's like music playing and it'll just be like somebody cracking two eggs and then they add like a stick of butter. And then, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but it's like, and then at the end, it's like, you know, a rainbow cupcake or something like that. And they're just so absorbing. Well, They've done that for quilting. So it's like super simple music playing in the background. All you see is two hands over a cutting table and there's like fabric and then, you know, the next step and then the next step and the next step. And then you create this like patchwork and it's really achievable. You can learn how to do it without any words. Like it's just, just watching this, you know, minute and a half a day. You're like, oh, I see exactly how to do this now. So effective totally like made to go viral and brilliant. And so anyway, if you haven't checked out Missouri Star's Facebook page, um, go see these little quilt snips. I think they produce one a week and yeah, good. Very well done. <laughs> so I'm loving them. Um, all right. Last one for each of you. So Celeste, you wanted to recommend for score. Yes. I have a couple apps that I wanted to share. I know that I sound like I'm in my thirties, but my resistance to technology, I think that I'm actually closer to like my nineties. <laughs> <laughs> just now, like, I don't even have a remote for my TV. I know that's sad, but like, I just, I, I just can't be bothered. And I'm, I don't, I don't want to say I'm resistant. I just, I, I don't, I just don't care enough. And I, and I recently have found, um, a bunch of different apps that have changed my life. And I, and I feel like I maybe should have, anyway, I feel like I'm a little late on the train is all I'm saying, but I recently found an app called Fourscore. Um, so I, I, I sing a lot of jazz and I have all these books of, of sheet music that I carry around with me. And it's just a brick. I mean, it's literally like 15 pounds of sheet music and I've been meeting to find a better way to, to bring it all together in one place on my iPad. I do have one of those. Um, and I just couldn't fathom a way to like get all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs from a piece of paper in my hand into a place that is organized on an iPad. And um, I found this app called Fourscore that does exactly that. Um, and it's just, it's, it's great. It's like a book in your hand that you can like make notations on. For those of you that are musicians, it's a good check out. But for those of you that aren't musicians, there's an app called iScanner that literally changed my life. It, it's, um, it does, you take a picture of something, you can crop it in really cool different ways that I can't even articulate. Um, you can change the contrast, you can make all these changes to it, and then it just makes a PDF of it, and from the app you can send it to yourself. And it, I don't, it, it was incredible. It was like $3 and saved me, you know, $800 in Kinko's scanning costs, that's for sure. But it's just, it's a really, really neat, handy app to make PDFs out of literally anything. Yeah. Oh, that is really handy. So, um, I, so I sent out a lot of contracts because like I said, for Craft Industry Alliance, we have a journal. And so I'm like the editor of the journal and I commission articles from people and every one of those people gets a contract. And so that's six contracts a month. And, um, plus we have webinar leaders and all of these people get contracts. So I'm like the contract lady. And so I have to send them out and then people have to sign them and fill out all this information. And, um, some of them can do that, you know, digitally, but a lot of them, they need to print it out and do it and then scan it as a PDF and send it back to me. So, and for for some people, that's like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> so it's good to have something I could recommend. You can do this on your phone and then, you know, turn it into a PDF, take a picture of it, turn it into a PDF, and then send it back to me that way. So that's a quick, quick and easy business tool. Um, all right. And Megan, you wanted to recommend Bridget Lyons. Um, she gave a talk um, at Tara Gentile's Quiet Power Summit that you liked. Yeah. So uh, full disclosure, Bridget is a really good friend of mine. Um, and she actually appeared as a guest on two of my creative live classes. So this is, this will be my chance for a quick shameless plug before I plug Bridget. Um, Bridget was a guest on both my Pinterest marketing class and my make a living selling what you make class. Um, she does PR and, and media. She runs a company. And so she's really smart and savvy about that. And she recently gave a talk at Tara Gentile's Quiet Power Strategy um, that very nicely Tara put uh, on her Facebook page. And it's about building momentum for your great work. So if you've ever kind of struggled with that 
question of what I want to be known for or how do I talk about what I, what I'm doing or how do I get people to listen to me or what stories am I supposed to be telling about myself? I feel like I've told this one a million times and now I'm boring and, you know, are people going to care? How do I get people to care about my work? If you have any of those questions, um, I highly recommend watching Bridget's talk. All right. That's super. And, um, just, um, just the note that I will have, uh, links to all of the things that we just talked about, uh, in the show notes. So you don't have to feel like you have to, uh, write them all down. Or if you missed, um, what something was called, you're able to go to the show notes on washingnaps.com and, um, for this episode, and you'll be able to click over and see all of those great things. So thank you guys so much for putting together a really good list this time. This was awesome. Um, and Celeste and Megan, thank you for taking the time for, to be on the Washington Naps podcast. I, it was really great talking to both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, good. Um, and you've been listening to the Walshy Naps podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. Visit my blog, walshynaps.com, where you can join the 9,000 people who subscribe to my email newsletter to get the best in sewing, blogging, and small business delivered right to your inbox each week. And thank you to today's sponsor, the Merriweather Council, a resource for handmade shop owners who want to learn about how to effectively market their business online from someone who's actually done it. For more information, visit merryweathercouncil.com. And if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.